It's Jamal. This is your boy, Adrian. Yo, this is Michael. Thanks for tuning in to The Daily Jam. Hot damn. We in here. What's going we, on, fellas? What up? This is our first live. What's cracking lacking, fellas? Nothing much. This our very first one. Our very first episode of a live broadcast of the Daily Jam. So the folks out there will get to you see rub your real hands time like bird, man. what I did with. <laughs> There's an example right there of what I did with. <laughs> are you finished or are you done? <laughs> Uh, so for our viewers out there and our listeners out there, this is a special episode. We had this special thing planned out uh, for the last month and a half to announce to you this huge campaign that we're doing for foster youth. Um, but due to the events that have been happening this week, we wanted to come on live to share not only the big announcement that we had planned, but also to share our thoughts around what's going on across the country, beginning what happened in New York as well as Minnesota. And now it's kind of spread organically across the country. So we brought in the fellas from across the country, including our brother E, and we're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff uh, today. Go ahead and give some shout outs, folks. What's going on, man? Well, there's a lot of people watching. There's a lot of people watching. So give a shout out to, uh, let's see, first, uh, Deb. Deb's watching, Val's watching, uh, oh, Jermaine's watching. Yeah. The family. The family's tuned in. I love uh, it. I love it. Yeah. Roberta's watching. Nalita's watching. Hey, listen, so we got a lot of people. Um, but let me say this, man. Look, what are what is the Daily Jam, right? Uh, Daily Jam, we are a family. We are brothers, but we are a podcast about teens and helping adults to become a fan of teens, you know, with our collective experiences. You know, this is what we do. Uh, so this is how we came up with Jam. How? One, Jamal is me, Adrian and Mike, who did he just changed his voice to like, did you see what he just did there? Like, <laughs> I just did. did you see what he just tried to do? Think there? You're on a, like a live radio show. <laughs> <laughs> this is I natural. This is what happens with light skinned people get a little, start, a little <laughs> they start. Do. Listen, they I, listen all... I almost, I almost said your mama. I, t- I told you we shouldn't have went live because light skinned people that's where they think I they almost, I almost said your mama. But I, I mean, like, he leaned in the mic and was like, This is Jamal. Like, <laughs> listen, like he, like he on a quiet storm. Hey, you know what? At 4.30 in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so in Indy, we had WTLC, and uh, yeah, I tried to get yeah. on that radio show. It didn't work. My yeah. bad to cut you off. Go ahead, Jamal. My bad. <clears throat> but yeah, no, we, we, we come to, we've come together uh, several years ago. Um, we, we've always been friends or known each other for quite some time. I think I know Jamal for um, over half his life. Since she was like 15 years. But you're right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Over half my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I work with him and uh, also Adrian. I've kind of known. Adrian, how long have we known each other? It's been uh, well over 10 years. Yeah. 15? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably 15 years yeah. ago or so. And, and was it Orlando? Was that the? It was some conference. conference. I honestly don't remember. It was in I Florida. Believe, yeah, it was in Florida. Was I remember Florida. because everybody had on shorts with the exception <laughs> of you. Every teenager <laughs> in that teen conference, I did a speech, had on shorts, and he had on a full suit. Notice Adrian High now. Shirt, yeah. Just, oh, a, notice a him now. Of the American flag. I mean, yeah, he's, well, he's actually dressed down compared to what he used to dress like <laughs> as a team. But compared <laughs> to everyone else. Compared to everyone else. Yeah. Killing, you know. Yeah. Now stay calm for me. Uh, <laughs> so we call ourselves the Daily Jam because we do this daily. We actually do do this daily in the sense that we literally text each other every single day to every single of our day. family and friends because we are always texting each other 
uh, nonstop. And so that's how we came up with the Daily Jam. And the, the shenanigans actually start at like six in the morning sometimes. Whoever wakes up first, which is usually Jamal because he has- No, it's not me. It's you. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, no, I don't wake up that early. Yeah. Like literally this morning, nice. because of our, our, our late discussions last night till 2 a.m., Mm. I didn't wake up until like 8.30 and that was because my daughter called and I thought she was crying and I thought something was wrong. Uh -oh. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, what's wait wrong? Wait a minute. She was like, nothing, what you doing? I was like, I'm sleeping, what you doing? She said, it's 8.30. And I was like, oh. <laughs> fourth member of the crew is Edgar Holloway hailing from Oklahoma. What up, E? Oh, what up? What's up? You, you realize that tomorrow, or next week's our one year anniversary, really, of all meeting for the first time. Minus I met Michael a few before that, but I met y'all almost exactly a year ago at Teen Conference. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh Edgar, is a, he's, he's the, uh, the resident white dude. We found him. <laughs> uh, we'll call him the white whisperer. He's going to talk cool. about some stuff today. But, but, uh, <laughs> he's going to be our interpreter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to make it palatable to all our other uh, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Don't alienate just too many people and we'd lose all our friends by the time this uh, podcast episode is over. Right. But fellas, we're, we're actually in season two of our podcast. We started the podcast literally a year ago. Was it like last week or last something? Week. Yeah, last week. Last week. Adrian made a really, really... I mean, most of the post was nice, but then it came for us, Jamal, you know, right. which of course we expected. I was, you know, I wanted to love the post, but I also wanted to hate it at the same time. I wish right. Facebook would give you both options. Um, but yeah, we, we, we are in season two. Uh, we think season two is much better than season one, even though season one was dope. A lot of yeah. great information yep. about yep. teens. While we focus on teens, we talk about a lot of different issues, pop culture and things like that. This season, we've introduced a lot of guests and so we had a lot of guests. And so, I mean, we have some really, really good shows um, that we've done uh, for this season. So I'm really, really excited. And where can people, where can people listen to the podcast? People can listen to the podcast on Apple Music. They can listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Spotify, your favorite streaming service. You can find The Daily Jam. Yeah. And if you don't have a streaming service, what's the best way for the people who still steal music or listen for free <laughs> anchor uh actually our podcast is hosted by anchor fm so uh go to anchorfm.com you'll be able to search the daily jam and find us or you'll be able to hit a link through either the 220 um experience website or uh any one of our social media platforms yep absolutely which and is www.the220exp.com look for the daily jam link you can uh, scroll down and you'll see launch podcasts and you can have access to all of them. Yep. And one of the big things that uh, the folks out there listening for the first time should know is that we use a ton of music in the mm -hmm. Daily Jam podcast. We believe music is the great connector. We use it to communicate. Uh, and that is going to be no different uh, today, even though we're talking about some very heavy, heavy subjects. Uh, music is the great equalizer, we believe. And so uh, with that said, I think we should go ahead and just jump right into our first song, which is birthdays, because every week we give birthday shout outs. Let's do it. All right, for May 29th, happy birthday to Carmelo Anthony. He's first up on the list. Mellow, uh, mellow. I took Lala's side. Forget Anthony. Uh, <laughs> he's dead to me. 
What? Mello, one of, one did of the greats. Car- did you see Lala Anthony naked on Power? You know what? We're not going to no, go there. I'm on, I'm on her side. We are not going to go there today. Also, he happy birthday. Speaking no. of music is Latoya Jackson. Happy birthday to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Hope, the famous... Sister of Michael Jackson and that, like the Jackson Jacksons? Yes, Latoya, yeah, Latoya Jackson. And as well as from one of my favorite movies, The American President, happy birthday to Annette Bening. She was the president's girlfriend yes. in the movie. Today is her birthday as well. Little known fact, that is one of my favorite movies. Like people would never guess. I I don't know why. I'm not a big, I don't really like politics, but I love movies about the president. And that was probably my favorite movie about uh, the president. And so, yeah. But Adrian would know because he doesn't watch movies about the president. Yes, I do. Absolutely watch. You like serious. You don't, you won't watch movies about the president. I won't watch movies about presidents or depicting the White House being blown up or stuff like that, like Independence Day. Uh, like White House down. I won't watch those movies because I, I can't fathom to see my building house blown up. Can't you know it was burned once, like for real. Right. Yeah, in like 1812, but that's a whole nother... Uh, the, my grandma and I have squashed that crime because it was the British who did it, Queen Elizabeth II <laughs> did it. But we've Your grandmother? My, yeah, my OG. Mm-mm. So your grandmother burned the White House and you cool with that. Right. And you claim her. Everyone yeah. has people in their family that they don't necessarily get along with all the time. Redemption and forgiveness, John three sixteen. <laughs> Yo, when's your birthday, man? Oh. Your, your birthday. When's your birthday? Anytime soon, or did, did it oh. happen? Re- March, I turned forty. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Big four. Oh, during the pandemic. Yeah, it was. It was super awesome. Just sat at my house by myself for you know all day. It was awesome. That's right. You had a quarantine birthday. Quarantine birthday. Yeah. That's what's that. Okay. All right. Well, those are the birthdays for today. Well, we got one more. Then, uh, we got move one more. On. Well, we got one more. We have the um, the 39th POTUS, JFK. He was born today. Come on. Oh, yeah. Yep. The 39th POTUS was born today. Yeah. Okay. John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Yep. I need y'all. He used to dress really nice. He I used to, y'all. but he wasn't the greatest president. Obama no, was not the greatest. No, he president. wasn't, but he, he, he was probably in the top three. Top three? Yeah, 39th. I say top, in the top 39th. Top, th- top 39th president? Yeah, that's what I say. <laughs> because I am trying to, this new approach to controlling my anger, I'm not going to lash out and use bad words because we're live. But John F. Kennedy was not the 39th president. He was the 35th mm. president of the United States. That's the first thing. Anyway, the same move, thing. The same second thing, thing we're not moving on. We're not moving on. <laughs> moving on. Uh, so <laughs> what we wanted to talk about today. <laughs> Wait a minute. Um, Hold on. Huh? Hey, What's the look on Adrian's face? Did we, are we missing something? Of course you're we? missing somebody's birthday. You're missing Ooh. the most important birthday. Of the person that's on the show that's running the show. Oh, oh, <laughs> dude. Damn. I almost forgot. Damn. Oh, so so that's today so is, in addition to JFK and Bob Hope and Lala's oh. ex-husband uh, and Latoya Jackson, my third favorite person of the trio um, who will be POTUS one day. One day. Who the is... third favorite. There's only three of us in the trio. Oh, you can count, bro. <laughs> 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 no, no. The, the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan that I know. The, the person no, who literally... No, he's not. Uh, wait a minute. You know why he's not? Why? He doesn't even follow Bruce on Twitter. I don't need to follow Bruce Say on Twitter. Say it ain't we... so. We text even, each other. Don't even, I don't need to don't, follow him. You, you Let me do that 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 meme that we have. 
<laughs> Are you serious? You don't follow him on Twitter? I don't follow him on, I don't follow him on Twitter. I follow him on the gram and I follow him on Facebook. Where the only two places I'm not on Twitter that much. So that's the caveat that Jamal needs to actually put out there as well. Whatever. You don't follow. You ain't a true fan if you don't follow him on Twitter. I d I I DM'd him today and asked him to give a best uh, a special shout out to you. It's my birthday. Today. The great thing about Bruce Springsteen is that Springsteen has a song for every single occasion. So does Jay. No, he doesn't. Jay-Z does. What? What's Jay-Z's song? For, for birthdays, Mike. <laughs> That's Mike uh, is Mike is googling it right. Now. <laughs> trying to find it, I can see it. No, I was responding hey, to a text. Hey, give it to me is the closest to a birthday song as you're gonna get from Jay. That's right. That's and that's all you need. Yep. Oh my gosh. Also, special people are asking what I'm sipping. Uh, uh, none of any business. Oh, actually, apple juice. Yep. Uh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Last but not least, special shout out and uh, birthday to uh, Kate in Dayton, Ohio, is a small business owner. Um, She owns a business called Twist Cup Cakery. And my friend Desiree, whose birthday was last week, um, actually sent me some cake jars all the way from Ohio. So shout out to Cake, uh, Twist Cup Cakery, and Kate, and happy birthday to you as well. We share a birthday. So in addition to John F. Kennedy and yours truly and all everybody else, uh, today is a good day to be born. Uh, in America. And speaking of America, let's get ready. What's your sign? Topic. This is America. Don't get you slipping up. Don't get you slipping up. Look what I'm whipping up. This is America. Don't get you slipping up. Don't get you slipping up. This is America. In the news. There's a lot in the news, gentlemen. A lot in the news. But before before we we get in there, let's let's give some disclaimers about this conversation. Absolutely, yes. let's first. start yes. off. Um, <laughs> Please with disclaimers. All right. So one of the disclaimers is is I got some alcohol just in case I get upset. <laughs> <laughs> like just in case you get upset, or when you get upset. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm he's going to get. To make it through this, I'm <laughs> we're gonna be able to make it through this. No, we're we're gonna talk about some some real live stuff, things that's kind of been going on, and some of the stuff can be emotional. And so I think how uh, our approach to this may be different at times. I do think that you know there are some times where um, anger may come out, mm-hmm. um, profanity, particularly by Jamal because he's usually the first one to cuss. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is. He is the first one to break. <laughs> I've already broke. And then once he breaks it, then, you know, then I'll, I'll usually yeah, follow up. Broke. Yeah. And then Edgar, he, he cusses all the time. So I am the uh, only sane Christian non-cursing person on, on the podcast. Uh, I, am, I, am, I, am, <laughs> I am one of the righteous. <laughs> and my mom's watching. Is that one of the righteous? I know. My mom is probably watching too, so I probably should <laughs> refrain as much as I can. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think what, what, what you are going to get is some raw emotions. I think everybody's been talking about what we're going to kind of talk about today. We're going to give some of our thoughts uh, around that. And there probably will be some raw emotions. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of how we're feeling right now at the time, which, yep. of course, could change and be different with 
you know, time and things like that. But I think there will be some raw emotions. So that may show up in different ways. I think one of the ways that it may show up is in humor. And so um, if we kind of joke about it, you know, we don't want people to be offended or thinking that we're not taking it seriously. We do know that humor sometimes is used as a defense mechanism, um, you know, because sometimes it's, it's easier to laugh than cry. Uh, and so, yep. you know, humor may be used in, in, in this. Um, but then there's, there's other things, you know, we'll probably say some stuff that you may not totally agree with. Um, and that's okay. That doesn't mean that we uh, can't be friends and cool. I promise you, I don't agree with 93.87942% <laughs> of the things that comes out of Adrian's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I promise and I the, don't, the, but I still love problem, him dearly. We don't. <laughs> the problem with that is because 99.9% .9 of the time, whatever comes out of my mouth is the truth, even bullshit. when it's not. Yeah, I call bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> and there you go. Second. Let me see who all here before I start. Let's <laughs> see. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, my gosh. Oh. No. Uh, and, any other disclaimers that we want to say about about this i mean it, it, it is we a tough topic your, yeah yes. it's a very tough topic we welcome your feedback and your comments uh mm -hmm. we'll try to uh, try to monitor the the chat mm -hmm. uh, and if you got some things in the chime in on because we are going to talk about some um some heavy stuff uh but uh this is life in america and uh not only are we happy and pleased that our brother e is on here to provide perspective but also he's an ally uh, and uh, to the cause. And so we really, really appreciate him taking time. Out of, and, uh, he may even say some things that mm -hmm. some other people may not agree with. Um, mm -hmm. and that's Most likely, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is why he's wearing a black and white shirt today. Um, <laughs> just you, better, you, community, you know, black and white. You better not say no shit that we don't agree with on our show. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Put your ass off real quick. <laughs> Uh, but I just I, want, I do want to say this uh, main thing. The reason why we, this day was originally planned to announce a campaign that we're doing for foster care, um, and we'll be make sure in subsequent posts to post the links that we are launching a T-shirt campaign. Mm -hmm. and the proceeds of that T-shirt campaign are going um, to pay for graduation gifts for foster youth because foster youth. Um, not taken away from anyone else, but foster youth graduated, a lot of uh, foster youth graduated from high school this year. The national rate is about 86% for foster youth. It's, it's less than about 50%. So to not only graduate from high school, but graduate from high school during a pandemic and have all these placement changes probably in some cases and yeah. just a lot going on. And so we yeah. came up with two t-shirt designs, one for adults and one for youth. And again, like I said, we'll talk about it later. I just want to kind of get that out there before we kind of get into the meat of the topic and we'll post some posts later. But uh, we would really, really love your support and buy a t-shirt for yourself buy a t-shirt for uh, your young graduate because the, the shirts are awesome. Uh, mm -hmm. They really are. Uh, really dope designs. They really, really are. Really dope. So uh, we'll be posting some pictures subsequently later, but I just wanted to put that out there. Uh, can, you, can we make sure that the link to the shirts are in the, in the thread? Well, the question is, why the white man always leaving when we about to talk about some good <laughs> shit? Oh, there you go. Be back. <laughs> Be back. All right. Oh man! So, so let's get it. How do we want to? How do we even? Uh, let's start. Let's start with. I, I think we we need to start with some music. I want to hear yeah. John Mayer. Let's, yeah. Good. Waiting on the world to change. Facebook. We don't own the right to this shit, but we. Will <laughs> yeah. Nope. So don't cut this live off, or uh, we'll come for you. <laughs> You rocking with John Mayer? Just bob your head with us. Wave your hands in the comment section.
I ain't waiting no more, man. <laughs> you ain't waiting no more? No, Let's I'm not waiting dive no more. right into this shit. Look, okay. I love this don't offend you, do it, Ed- Edgar? No, 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 no. Okay, good. I love you being black. So, so, um, <laughs> so first, first uh, things first. Thing, I know the first things first is that shirt would not apply to D'Artagnan if D'Artagnan's out there watching. <laughs> 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 you don't know. Oh my god, dude. He was a guest. He was a guest on our last uh last podcast. And uh he actually runs a, an awesome organization in Oregon. Uh, and he's an alum, so he's doing yeah, some dope absolutely. things. So light skin Larry, shout out to Light Skin Larry <laughs> Shout out to Larry. It's um, funny because he called uh Adrian Candyman Jr. He did, he did. Uh, earlier today. Uh, so where we want to start at? I think we should start. Well, let's talk about Central Park Karen. Let's, I mean, oh my gosh. Let's let's just go ahead and get get her out the way. So can I can I ask this question for some of the people who may be watching? Um, so we have Karen, we have Becky. What's the <laughs> difference between the two? <laughs> Help people to understand. Like, how do we know when to call a white woman Karen versus when we call her Becky? I think that I my own litmus test has uh-huh. now become Karen is the woke person and still does damage mm-hmm. and becky is the ignorant person who does damage if that makes sense Which because, really what, like. because what yeah because that what wasn't in the show notes it is in the show notes it's clearly right there central park <laughs> why her behavior was so dangerous i'm reading the so you know in real time. <laughs> exactly. like becky's the outright racist karen's the racist that thinks she's doing good but still racist mm. okay uh but see now see we about to have our first disagreement <laughs> <laughs> i believe karen is the out white racist and i believe that she's the woke out uh out I mean, what she bad. what'd you say this is bad yeah it's just bad no. what she did to me the the reason why new york was so upsetting is because she was aware of the plight of black men and their interactions with law enforcement because when, when she um, had that confrontation with Mr. Cooper, she explicitly let him know mm-hmm. what she was going to do. She explicitly said that she was going to call the police and tell them that he was African-American. And then further, while she was also on the phone, she explicitly became very emotional, in air quotes, to mm-hmm. say that this black man was threatening her and was going to do harm. So she knew that calling the police, not only just on this person that was bothering her in Central Park because she didn't want to follow the rules, but she explicitly knew what that, what that potentially could lead to. And that's the problem that I have with woke Karen. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> Mike, you were told that you were wrong or that you were incorrect yesterday. Uh, one of our favorite listeners said that she told you yesterday that it's categorized by age. <laughs> Oh, I, and I told y'all that y'all the one who disagreed. That what? That's Adrian's definition. I yeah, I don't. I don't. I'm think, rocking with my baby's definition. I don't think that. I don't think that age is in there. I, I don't think that age plays a factor because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Barbecue Becky came when someone was barbecuing outside, and right. uh, Barbecue Becky was kind of middle age. I yes, think, she was. I thought I saw some grays. I think I remember her in the she blue sweater, the glasses. Mm-hmm. She, Come on now, you know that white people age worse than black people, so she could have been I, 17. <laughs> I mean, she could have been. She could have been a young, a young woman. Just look old. They ain't got enough melanin. In uh, oh my gosh, I'm not. But I'm, Edgar, you don't look. You don't look forty. E. You look good. No, e, you don't look forty. It's because I have the beauty filter on on Zoom. I told y'all this. Oh. <laughs> I thought you had some black in you. I, I didn't know. Yeah. I said he was Indian. <laughs> what are y'all thoughts on uh, Karen? Uh, I mean, kind of like you said, she was. She knew what calling the police would do. Um, but I think she, where she screwed up was she called the police on the wrong one. Mm. 
The wrong she thought one. she thought my man's was going just dip and run, and he stood his ground. Mm-hmm. He took he stood his ground, and uh, he did the right thing by standing his ground. And what he said was he wasn't going to what continue to. Um, he wasn't going to participate in his own dehumanization. Correct. That's right. And that quote stuck out to me. I actually pulled that quote and slapped it on a meme in his picture and threw it up there as fast as I could because, although it's been said many times, the way that he articulated it mm-hmm. uh, when he was giving the interview to the news, uh, the news crew uh, about the fact that that's why he was filming. He wasn't filming to be confrontational and post it on there and say, hey, look at this racist white woman in Central Park. He was saying, no, I'm not participating in my own demonization. The rules say right. that you should, put your, you should have your dog on the leash in this particular mm-hmm. area of the park. Yeah. That's what you're going to do. The rules apply to you just like they would apply to me. And then, and then what, what made it better for me is as soon as she did it, he stopped and he went on about his business. Like it wasn't, yeah. it, it wasn't one of those confrontational agitation one thing. Mm-hmm. He just said, put it on there and I'm good. She caused the confrontation. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. She caused the confrontation. You know, the, the interesting thing, I think for me, uh, I was on social media shortly after that. And one of the questions that um, someone had posed was, um, so we know that she got fired from her job. Yeah. Uh, we also know that um, her dog was taken away by the um, Humane Society. Humane Society yeah. yeah. Um, and the question was, you know, was that enough? You know, um, or was that fair? I think was, to, to be honest, was that fair? And most people on the, the, um, the comments said, yeah, absolutely. You know, that, that was enough or that was fair. And I was like, absolutely not. It was not enough. It was not enough. Yeah. She actually committed a crime and she needs to be charged for that. She needs to be picked up. She needs to be handcuffed, taken to jail. She needs to be fingerprinted, taken through the process, taken to court, uh, proven guilty of it, preferably getting some time as they would give a black man for something as menial as that, uh, and then have a criminal record for the rest of her life. And at that point, it would be fair. Like to me, it's still unfair because, you know, um, white people still think, a lot of white people still think the rules do not apply to them. We didn't go far enough with that. Because she, she's going to get another job. She can get another job. She can get another dog. Absolutely. You know, so yeah. she went further. So what about the whole idea of the, the you know, you know, does the rules apply to everybody equally? In terms why, of what? Why, why, why do white people sometimes feel that the rules didn't apply to it? So she was actually breaking a law or breaking a rule. Mm-hmm. Obviously, whenever any of us do that, and we all break rules or laws, um, myself included, you know, we feel like the, that rule does not apply to us. I speed when I'm driving a car, <laughs> um, because I, I believe, walk every day across the street. Yeah, no way I, do, I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I believe that rule doesn't apply to me. <laughs> <laughs> Even though in Columbus, Ohio, I got a ticket for jaywalking. Like I think what you said about the speeding is a really good example because you speed because we all know the likelihood of getting caught isn't right. high for speeding. Right. Right. Historically, white people haven't had to worry about getting caught or getting in trouble for anything like that. We could let our dogs off in a leash and no one was going to do anything, even if someone said something to us. Mm. So I think that's where the privilege starts at. It starts right there at the beginning of we've never like we don't we, we can't understand oppression. We can't understand what it would be like to not get our way most of the time. So when it happens, you see it flare up and then, you know, they go into this, you know, I say they go into like a defense mechanism that really shows their true colors in that mm-hmm. sense. Um, like she did. Yeah. How, he, like, like you said, he how said, cool is it? Hold on, Jay. How, how cool is it that the first mention of privilege or white privilege came from a white guy <laughs> instead, of, <laughs> instead of three black guys? Well, <laughs> just, I mean, as a note, it's, it's a, uh, it's white person's, it's white people's 
responsibility to talk about white privilege. It's not people of color's responsibility to talk about white privilege, right? Amen, brother. Because we're the ones that have the privilege. So how, like, it doesn't make any sense to expect, like, it, that shouldn't be, you know, black America's job to go explaining to the world what white privilege is. Us as white people need to be the ones that are out there explaining what white privilege is to other white people. I, I love it. Agree. Yeah. I, love I think it. that the situation with Karen was also so upsetting and we're going to, you know, talk about that here in a little bit, um, is the potential for that situation to end very differently than it did. Yep. Mm. And I think that the confrontation uh, in terms of where it began is the confrontation began when someone told another adult to do something that's already posted. Like, and the, like the signs are all over the place, the Rambo, you know, I didn't know anything about the Rambo until, you know, I read the story and I typically go and read more about it so I can try to get the full context, yada, yada, yada. You're that particular, yes, because I'm a nerd. That particular, <laughs> area, <laughs> that particular area is reserved for bird watching and landscaping. So it is a known rule. Not, it's not, it's not like it's an obscure rule. It's a known thing to always have your dog on the leash so that they don't ruin the habitat. And so as the avid bird watcher that Mr. Cooper was, he was sitting there observing. And the part that I think also uh, even gets overlooked is that he even offered the dog a treat, but insisting that the dog be placed on a leash. So like, like he was doing everything that society tells us we're supposed to do. Be nice. Don't be confrontational. Don't be agitating. And, you know, just do X, Y, and Z. And she still uh, played the race car. And so for that's the part that boils my skin too, because so many white people are like, well, don't play the race card. You're always talking about the race card. It was the white woman who played the race card first by saying, yeah, I'm, you're the black person. I'm going to call and get you in trouble because yeah. you told me to put my dog yeah. on a leash because that's the rule. But the funniest thing about that was how she drugged that dog. <laughs> that's not funny. Yeah. But she was so mad. She was so mad that she drugged the dog to try to get closer to Mr. Cooper. And I'm like, which, which speaks of two things for me, you know, one is um, white people sometimes don't understand that escalating this type of issue could literally lead to the death of a yep. person, which is what we're going to talk about, like, Next. in just a second, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it, it appears that hatred for someone of a different color or race or sexual orientation or whatever the difference is, um, it, it literally makes you act different to the point where you could possibly abuse something that you actually love. I'm assuming she probably is a dog lover, um, yep. but because she was so in the moment mm-hmm. and she was so infuriated with the situation that was happening and the audacity of a black person to tell her to follow a rule, she was so upset that she literally was choking a dog. Abused right. the dog. Yeah, exactly. And you can saw the, the dog kind the dog of started. Yeah. Yeah. So. Which is interesting because that's kind of like resisting arrest. No, no. See how I did not, that? Not, not <laughs> no. My, no, that? I, no. Tupac has a really cool song about changes that to me kind of begins yes. to think about. Let's go that. ahead and segue because that, I don't know what you just said. But <laughs> it's the that grand smooth. It's, it's the grand Marier talking. <laughs> Come on, come on. I see no changes. Wake up in the morning and I ask myself, it's like worth living. Should I blast myself? I'm tired of being born, even worse. I'm black. My stomach hurts, so I'm looking for a purse to snatch. Cops give a damn about a Negro. Pull a trigger, kill a nigga, he's a hero. Get it back to the kids who the hell cares. One less hungry mouth on the welfare. 
worship him, don't let him deal with brothers. Give him guns, step back, watch him kill each other. It's time to fight back, that's what Huey said. Two shots in the dark, now Huey's dead. I got love for my brother, but we can never go nowhere unless we share with each other. We gotta start making changes. Learn to see me as a brother instead of two distant strangers. And that's how it's supposed to be. How can it never take like a brother if he's close to me? Uh, I let it go back to what we played kids and then that's the way it is. That's the way it is. Come on. Come on. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. Woo. I think after this George Floyd incident, I'm hoping mm. things will never be the same, to be honest. Yeah, Can somebody break fact. down, like, like break down what happened? Like, like let's, my guess is everybody probably knows, but let's just kind of give a breakdown of the facts of things that we know at yeah. this particular point in time before um, we discuss. And forgive me if I don't know all the details, but I will, t- I, actually, I, will, I will say this this much. Uh, I made a post about this and because it's true. I started off with the incident that happened in New York and I said as a result, George Floyd happened in Minnesota um, when Amy Cooper, which is her name, uh, called the police on uh, Mr. Cooper as a result, the police showed up and Floyd um, was killed. And even though they are two separate incidents, that's what could happen if that situation goes awry. So the situation in Minnesota uh, is there's a convenience store called Cup Foods. And apparently, uh, Mr. Floyd, uh, and I'm going to use the word apparently and allegedly because I was not there. He had tried to pass a bill that was counterfeit. And one of the store clerks called the police. The police responded. Their official report says that he resisted. Eyewitnesses and video provide other testimonies and suggest that he did not resist uh, in the beginning. Eventually, he is wrestled to the ground or is on the ground. He is handcuffed. And if, to my understanding, and if you're a lawyer or a cop out there, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on this, once you are handcuffed, you are detained by the police. You are now in the custody of the police department. So he was um, handcuffed and he was on the ground, and an officer then uh, had his knee on Mr. Floyd's neck and proceeded to ha- continue to have his knee on his neck for several minutes. And onlookers express concern. Uh, Mr. Floyd kept expressing concern. He kept saying that he could not breathe. Um, he kept saying that he was in pain. He did it. He literally was struggling to breathe. Uh, eventually, um, unfor- and unfortunately, his nose started bleeding. He became unresponsive and unconscious. Uh, and then EMTs arrived. There was no life-saving measures performed on the ground from what I saw and he was pronounced uh, deceased um, at the hospital later. uh, And that's, uh, that's what happened. They came, they put him on the gurney, they put him in the ambulance. Yeah. Edgar, by the way, your mom said she's really proud of you. Yes, she did. (laughs) Are we your first black friends? And ask your mom how she's how come she's never invited us over to dinner. I believe she's in Florida, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Correct. So is this an official invitation to come out there? Let's put her on blast. You are invited awesome. to the next Thanksgiving dinner uh, oh, down there in Florida. Anyone can show up at my parents' house. That's the type of house I grew up in. Like nonstop, we just always have like eighty-five people over there. So okay, okay. Well, no, well, not that's right not now. social distancing. No. Yeah, that's not social distancing. <laughs> I don't think we're gonna be able to come. Even during the pandemic, white people aren't following the rules. No. <laughs> 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 that was a good one adrian i'm proud of you buddy but so that's what happened uh, with mr floyd one of the shocking things that i still take away from that is that i've seen unfortunately a fair share of incidents that involve police uh but just folks who are injured the fact that they didn't perform life-saving measures there on the ground i saw the emt guy jump or jump out of the truck come over there check his pulse 
and that's it. Pulled out the gurney. They rolled him onto the gurney, put him in the ambulance, and then they were off. You start CPR. You put try to put him out. You try to keep him pumping until you can get him to the hospital to hopefully try to get him recovered. And to me, that's also what uh, was a very upsetting, in addition to him calling out his mom or his mom. So let's start the conversation um, with law enforcement. Is there a song that we could play that may express some people's dissatisfaction? Disclaimer. There's not all this music. <laughs> but we like it though. Yep. What? Turn that up. Turn that shit up. They caught. I'm pretty sure we're gonna be in Facebook jail. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we gonna have a couple people come for us after that one. Facebook uh, or Ice Cube, come get us out, bro. Yeah. Right. Do you know that um, Ice Cube did not show up to Good Morning America? Um, he was due to be on Good Morning America yesterday. Okay. He canceled. Really? Because yeah. of everything that was happening. Wow. But I wonder so if that was a missed Cube- opportunity, though. Yeah, it wasn't misogynist. So Ice Cube, if you're listening, uh, my cash app is Bank of Adrian because I'm pretty sure people <laughs> will all end up in jail uh, by Facebook for all the curse words. But we love your music, uh, and I think that expresses our sentiments. And by the uh, way, we're going to actually post a uh, playlist of all of the music that uh, we're playing here and, and, and some of the ones that we're not going to get to play, but we're kind of talking about um, for you to kind of see. Because music is one of those things that help us to kind of get through this um, you know, the, 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 these times. And so mm. music is very important to us. All right. So let's talk about this. Um, so yeah, a lot of people point. feel, a lot of people feel fuck the police, like yep. on a real. And, and I'm gonna be honest. I'm at this moment in time, I'm one of those people. Like I, I know people who are, are law enforcement officers. My, I know I have a, at least one relative, Eric, uh, that either is, is or former, um, police officer. Um, but, but I'm, I'm not happy with them at all. Although I I can say I am more impressed this time than any other police Uh, before I would agree with that, that that there are more people, more officers who are speaking Speaking out out. and how wrong this is. Even, um, my daughter went to uh, Georgia Southern, uh, which is in Statesboro and Statesboro is old Georgia. It's yeah. like Alabama, Confederate flags everywhere. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know everybody, but it's a safe to say that the vast majority of the people who live in Statesboro is, is racist. Um, <laughs> but even their the police scenes expressed by Michael Sanders are not those of the entire damn crew. I, I say, love I, everyone in Statesboro. I gave a disclaimer that I don't know everybody, however. However. However, their police chief even said, that this shit was foul, which, you know, when, when, a, when a, a, 
police chief in a racist town. And I know that it's a racist town because she right. went to school there for three years. And, um, and so I was aware of a lot of the stuff that was going on. But when a, a police chief of a racist town will say, hey, I think we went too far on this one, fellas, you know, yeah. that kind of lets you know. So I am impressed that um, some police departments are doing that. I think even the University of Michigan or Minnesota, Minnesota. they are yeah. not fucking with y'all no more. Yep. University of Minnesota contracts. Yep, they put out a statement uh, yesterday saying that we will no longer contract with uh, Minneapolis PD. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for big events and stuff like that. I mm -hmm. think uh, multiple police chiefs this time around have come out against. Typically, there's some rank and file cops occasionally here and there, but for the most part, the shield of blue kind of sticks together. But I w was uh, uh, taken back a little bit in a positive way of how many police officers who are in leadership positions, because I think that's very different than rank and file cops, because you can uh -huh. express rank and file decisions on behalf of you as an officer, whether you're a black officer or a white officer or whatever uh -huh. uh, color officer, but for actual police chiefs to be coming out, uh, there was actually one Tennessee police chief, I forget what the name of the city or town is, he said, there's no room for it, and if you don't like this, turn in your badge. Right. Like if you think it's okay, then you need to turn your badge. And so I, like I, I had another uh, good, good, good friend of mine who's also a former foster care alum uh, in Dayton, Ohio, who I believe is a, a lieutenant now in a police department or maybe in the captain. So I, I apologize, uh, Kurt. Um, but he even he came out and said, this is not this is not good. What happened to Mr. Floyd was absolutely over the line. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, he's not coming back from that officer's actions and violence. So what, what we do know is that he was arrested a couple of hours ago and right. charged with murder in the third degree or manslaughter. Um, the other three officers, um, at least at this particular time, I don't believe have been arrested, but the DA is saying that he or she expects them to be arrested. As well. Yeah, as, as well. Uh, so so let, let, let my first question is, is this, because people say this, like I think one of the things that we, the three of us have children. Um, Jamal and I have sons. I know Adrian, the four have, of us have children. The four of us. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. <laughs> Please forgive me, Edgar. Um, but I, I was thinking that like Edgar doesn't necessarily have to have this conversation with oh, his yeah. son that Jamal and I have to have with our sons. And my guess is you're probably going to have to have it with your daughters. That when you get pulled over by a police, and chances are it's not if, but when, when. that actually yeah. happens, when. what do you do to them? So like, what what do you tell? What did you tell your son, Jamal? Um, particularly now, 116 should be driving pretty soon. Um, and of course, he's out without you. And um, mm -hmm. what, what do you tell him? It's it's hard. It's, you know, it's one of those things where when he leaves out the door, I, I have to tell him um, when he decides to tell me he's leaving is um, get back safe. <laughs> he's 16, right? Yeah. Um, and, and he, you know, he's at the at the age where he doesn't quite want to tell us where he's going when he's leaving. But, you know, he has to get checked and uh, it is what it is. But this is all of them, you know, my 16 year old, my 14 year old and my 12 year old who really doesn't go anywhere. But it's that, you know, you're going to leave the premises of this house. I need you to get back safely. And if you have an encounter with an officer, especially for my 16 year old, because he's, he's 16, he's running with knuckleheads and it is what it is. Um, comply. Yeah. Every 16 year old is a knucklehead. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's. But even even saying comply though, yeah, is suspect because com there it's are, a, it's not an easy conversation. Yeah, there because you don't know what to say. Yeah, my, uh, my my family hates when I say this, um, but I, I really believe it. I, I'm not trying to speak it into existence. I don't want it to happen, but I really believe that I'm going to be killed by a police um, officer at some point in time. And everybody who knows me knows that I'm not a violent guy. I'm not, yeah. you know, one that ruffles, you know, feathers. Mm -hmm. But that whole 
concept of comply. And yes, I'm not calling a police officer, sir or ma'am. Fuck that shit. I don't call anybody, <laughs> sir or ma'am. Number one, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I mean, hear me. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I don't, I don't think that that's the only way to respect. In some cultures, that right. is the way that you respect people. You call them sir and ma'am. I don't call anybody, house. sir and ma'am. In no one. <laughs> That's why I'm in this house and not <laughs> right. <that> one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And when you become president, I'm gonna still call your ass Adrian. <laughs> right. In yeah. the Oval Office. Outside the White House, you will. <laughs> no. Uh-uh. Adrian. Yeah. Go ahead and sign sign up. <laughs> right. Um, and, and so it, it's not a sign of, you know, kind of disrespect, but you know, my thing is that I don't call anybody sir or ma'am. And so that whole thing of trying to be nice and saying thank you for a ticket, like why do you say thank you when you know somebody gives oh. you something that you know that you don't want? Well, and it, like it, I I don't want, I swear to God, I don't want my son to die, but I also don't want to tell him and don't tell him that, you know, I mean, you know, be yourself. Um, You should respect everybody. And so I taught my children to respect everybody. And so he shouldn't be disrespectful, but you don't have to do extra shit and say, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, which is something, you know, and some police officers really expect that. Like we have to do that shit to them. Yeah. And that's, that shit is infuriating to me. It's a power trip. But in, you know, and like I said, I don't, this is not me saying that you have to you have to say yes sir yes ma'am. It's if they say get your hands out your pockets, get your hands out your pockets. If they say put your hands on your head, just put your hands on your head. Yeah, that's what I mean by comply. Right. Yeah. And and I completely agree with what Jamal said. The problem um, that so many of our listeners out there who are listening would say is, I've seen folks do that. I've seen them put their hands mm-hmm. on the head. I saw someone put their hands on the head, and then an officer came up behind him and drop kicked him. Still. Um, so I, I get it. The first thing that I told my nephew, I have a lot of nephews. Um, uh, the first thing I told my, uh, oldest nephew is I told him that I loved him and he sent the laughing emoji. I sent the screenshot to, uh, my, uh, Michael and, uh, uh Jamal. Uh, and it was innocent because he has no idea of the world that he is growing up in yet. But the problem that I'm having uh, with my older nephew and so many of them is that similar to what Jamal said, they're, they're running around knuckleheads and we, believe because it's true we believe that we're good fathers we believe that we're good black men so mm-hmm. that if we you know if we're rearing the right way that we can steer them from going to ship but the problem or going astray the problem that's going to happen is that eventually they're going to have to make decisions on their own and we can't be with them 24 7 right seven days a week and that's the scary part uh, of this whole situation because it's you don't want to say it's an entire law enforcement system but you can't point to me where there is not some incident across the country, no matter what segment of the country you live in, yeah. there's not some type of negative police interaction uh, issue or incident. And so it, it begs to believe, like what, like, what do you do when the entire country has an oppressive law enforcement culture? Let's be mm-hmm. honest. But that, I mean, the, the struggle I think that, that I'm having and a lot of people are grappling with today now after, and, and we know this, and this wasn't, you know, George's case wasn't the first, but even when you comply, you can still die. In many That's cases, correct. you do still die. And so like this whole concept of, you know, and it, it, it frustrates me when, when white people say it, you know, well, if you guys just comply, you know, well, first of all, try being black and doing that. You see that that shit don't work either. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, I, I think it frustrates me even more when black people say the same thing. And I understand. And, and one of the things that we all know that I don't know that America doesn't know is that black is not monolithic. We're not all the same. Right. We don't all look the same. We don't all think the same. We don't all have the same values. There are some people who, you know, the black people who support Trump, 
You know, yep. of course, according to Uncle Joe, they should kill themselves or whatever, <laughs> or they're not really black or whatever. But, uh, you know, there, there's black Republicans, there's black independents, black Democrats, you know. Light skinned uh, Larrys out there, D'Artagnans. That's right. Yeah, there's right. light skinned blacks, dark skinned blacks, and we still accept them, you know. Exactly. Uh, even though, you know, Jamal went out of style in the 80s. Um, you know, they're still cool. You know, even religiously, we believe different things. Wow. You know, we're not contrary to popular belief. We're not all Baptists. Like Kojic. <laughs> or Kojic. Yeah. Or Kojic, yeah. You know. In response to that, I, I just wanted to share real fast about how, like, I recognize some privilege of mine today. So in preparation for this, and what in comparison to what Michael just said, but in preparation for this podcast, I was thinking, like, oh, my goodness, like, I'm going to be the only white person in this group. So therefore, I'm going to be responsible for being the voice of white America, right? But then I had to think about, I was like, oh my goodness, how many times does that position put in people of color? Yep. Because like every time there's like news, even if it's CNN, it doesn't matter. There's like the token black guy, you know, like, you know, like, hey, be here to represent all of the black culture. And like you just said, like, like, you know, all black people don't think the same. Like everyone's an individual as well. Um, so I just wanted to share that because that was something I realized I had never had to do before. Yeah, and and it still even really isn't that in the situation because I don't think anyone really like when I talk and these no one's considering like oh Edgar's speaking for white America, the <laughs> black person that's on they do, people white people do think that that's what that one that's right. person is doing. Yeah. Uh, so I just thought it was interesting today thinking wow I've never had to think about that in my whole life mm -hmm. um, until today. Wow. Yeah, but th I think I think that that whole concept of of complying is is really being challenged now. Like what do I tell my son? that even when you do comply, you can still die. It's one of the most difficult conversations um, just to even think about. Just when, we're, when we talk about, I mean, again, I have three yeah. young black males. And yes, I've survived 40. <laughs> but, we're, but we're in a climate now where young black men aren't guaranteed to make it Aside from either living in the hood, you know, some of those old, those other poverty uh, stricken issues. Not even that you can live in the best and brightest neighborhoods and still not make it to your 21st birthday. Yeah. A, a part of my, my frustration, you know, with this whole thing is that, you know, the, the concept of resisting, you know, you first of all, a police can at their discretion decide that you're resisting and then use whatever type of force, which is incredibly infuriating to me, particularly because the Supreme Court kind of basically gave them that latitude or, or mm -hmm. right. And so just because they said it, it becomes, you know, law or whatever. Um, and, and it becomes a part of their police report. And so they're justified in kind of doing it. But like, to me, it, it's, it's like simple. Like, if you are hurting my arm, I'm going to jump and I'm going to move. Yeah, I mean, because the shit hurts. I mean, just take it like this. When, when your mom, when you was getting a whooping, when your mama had one hand, <laughs> jumping and you dancing and you running, you know, and she's like, what you running for? What you moving for? Because that fucking more. shit hurts. <laughs> the fuck you think I'm supposed to do? I mean, like, you how, how the what do they tell you when you, when you start crying? Yeah. You know, what you, I'm going to give you something to cry like, about. Yep. You know? Like, you just like, shit working. Like, what the fuck? I mean, like, that, that's like natural reaction. I mean, you know, me moving because the shit fucking hurts and you're breaking my arm doesn't mean that I'm resisting. I can't stand still because it's fucking painful. Mm -hmm. And for people not to understand that is like beyond me. Like it's people are so attached to their beliefs or their thoughts about the police 
can't be wrong or black people or young people or whoever these people are that the police are interacting with are bad, that they're so, you know, into that particular belief system that, that all logic has gone out the window. If I grab you and start twisting your arm, you're not going to stand still because the shit hurts. You're going to move, you know, and then a police officer has that discretion to say, oh, he's arresting. So now I can use my billy stick or I can do whatever it is that I want to. Um, I'm justified. That's, yeah. that's what it means. I'm justified. And yeah. not, a, not only do they have that discretion, we have given, given so much power to police officers that typically whatever is put in that report is believed as law. Like there mm-hmm. is no accountability because the original police report said that Mr. Floyd resisted mm-hmm. until video was released and, and yep. said, well, hey, whoa, he wasn't resisting at all. Because yep. when, when, when you're resisting, as Michael was saying, you can apply the standards of, I had to, we, we had to use force to bring him or her down to the ground. We had to use force to get them under control or bring them safe in the custody or that person posed a danger to myself or my partner. And then the, the way they write the police report up, there was a fear, there was a danger, there was a fear, there was a danger. And that, when that's presented to the district attorney, when that's presented to the court, typically nine times out of 10, that version is believed. And in very, very bad cases, when the victim is deceased, they are not there to defend themselves or tell, or tell their side of the story. Right. So we really need to, so we, we kind of talked about the facts of the case. We really need to kind of talk about how this impacts us, you know, as, as African-American men, but also definitely want to hear from, from, um, from Edgar around this as well. Uh, but before we move on to that, we know that the one cop, I don't even want to say his name. I, I know his name. I don't even want to, yeah. I don't even want to say that motherfucker's name. But anyway, we know, we know that he was arrested and charged with third Please degree murder. Facebook. Please forgive us, Facebook. Don't put us in Facebook jail. What I do? You can't? Can you? What? Just keep what going. Keep going. <laughs> anyway, so what do you think the outcome will be? They said that, the, that this penalty, that if he has found guilty, um, it could be anywhere from probation, a minimum of probation, to a, a maximum of 25 years in jail. My question to you all, number one, do you think that he will be convicted? And number two, what do you think the penalty will be if he's convicted? Uh, I say no. I don't think he's, I don't think, I think he's going to get let off. Um, And what's going to happen is the city of Minneapolis is going to go crazy. Cease to exist. Just don't mess up Prince's house. Whatever y- y'all can burn a whole city down. <laughs> yeah, just, just leave, leave Prince's house and keep the place where he. What was the club? Called? Oh, yeah, not a club. Uh, I don't know the name of the club. Uh, they yeah. could always go across the street to St. Paul. I mean, that's why they called it the twins. Well, well, Adrian said the other day. Uh, said earlier today, as long as they leave Lake Minnetonka alone, he's okay. <laughs> he did because he loves to go there and purify himself every spring. <laughs> I think it is very hard because you always have to look at what they are charging officers with when it comes to being charged with a crime. You have to be very careful because you have to prove intent. So whatever the charge is, you have to be able to prove that that officer, which is why it's very, I I always hesitate in in quince when we talk about hate crime, because it's a very, very, very tough threshold to meet. In this situation, because they charged him with murder three, I don't, I think it would have been nearly impossible to charge him with first degree murder because his defense lawyer and he's hired a very good one because he's hired a lawyer that has previously uh, defended cops who have been acquitted. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to prove. It is going to be very hard to prove. Let me rephrase that. It's going to be very hard to prove Mm -hmm. that he had the intention to murder Mr. Floyd. Now his actions may have resulted in his death, which we will classify as a homicide. And that's where 
as a black man, as a human, as someone who used to want to be a cop, I'm going to be honest with you, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a cop. Um, it is very hard to prove that that cop tried to kill Mr. Floyd on purpose. So do I think that he is going to be convicted? I cannot say because you got to wait till some other factors come into place. You got to wait till that jury selection comes. Yep. You know, That's how I was about to say that. Yeah, I was about to wait say what that. The makeup of the jury is. You got to wait to see what type of defense his defense lawyers are going to be because the prosecution is going to have a hard time. They have to they have to fight two battles in this. They got to fight right. a court battle in the media and then they got to fight a court battle in the actual courtroom mm-hmm. to get this conviction. And in in doing so, you have to appear to be tough on crime, but you also have to make sure you placate yourselves because cops report or work in close partnership with the district attorney's office who are the ones prosecuting this cop. So it's a very, very fine line that this district attorney's office is going to have to deal with. Uh, In a gut reaction right now, I don't know. And I'm just being honest. I just don't know if he's going to be convicted or not. And that, like you said, that all this weighs on the jury. Yep. You know, they are one of the most intricate pieces that's going to be a part of this case. And when you think about jury selection, mm-hmm. that could be rigged. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's did, just what I think. Did Lightscan Larry just throw out a conspiracy theory talking about the jury? Sure selection? did. Be rigged? Okay. All right. Sure did. All right. Hey, what about you? Man, <laughs> a lot. But in regards to that, I kind of feel like I'm with Jamal because I was. Uh, I mean, just in the past few days watching all the press conference, it's a bit concerning that there aren't a ton of black people that are a part of the district attorney's office that are going to be trying this case. So I could understand why you would think, well, wait a second, we don't even have a black voice at the table at the top level here. So how would we ever really expect anything to be fair when it comes to that? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that would be my first concern. And what I would challenge any, I know a lot of uh, some of my white friends will say, you know, they, they look at that and they, they, they think that's wrong, but try to put that in re- reverse perspective into a situation to where you were sitting at uh, on the jurors or when you were sitting on the stand and all the jurors were all people of color. Mm-hmm. Like just think like, like really put your, your head into think about that and, and to think that how uncomfortable that would make you feel. And then, but the difference is, is like people of color don't have the history of treating white people like white people have the history of treating people of color. So therefore it makes it even worse in those situations and those mm-hmm. cases. I'm with Jamal on that. I, I don't feel like this is going to be fair. My personal opinions, I feel like they're probably going to plea out to some ridiculous, stupid plea. That's why I think they gave them that, that murder. Manslaughter. 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 That's, mm-hmm. that's what murder three is, manslaughter. But I, yeah. it, some time served BS or something I, like that. But he's yeah, not going to serve I, any time. That's what I mean. I, you know how they always say that. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think that that's the the hard part. And I like to me, the you know, um, I know that we're going to talk a little bit about this, the whole idea of kind of looting, um, but that probably could have been avoided had they arrested him immediately. Mm. You know, they they don't think about that. You don't generally wait to arrest a suspect particularly when you have that type of evidence, mm-hmm. you know, um, in a case, but because he was a police officer, as a police, was a police officer, he got, you know, a lot of special privileges. And I, I do agree. I, I think that, um, I don't think it's hard to convince 12 intelligent, sane individuals that this was murder. I think that white people are so attached to their racism um, and their hatred of black people and they're afraid of, of losing power um, that you could have that one of them c- 
could could really kind of mess this up. Just like in the George Zimmerman cases, we were talking about this, I think yesterday mm. or whatever. There's no way that that man should be out walking free. But because there were white people on that jury, period. And if there are white people on this jury, he has a hell of a chance Go free. of getting off and going free. Now, I'm not saying that every white person is the same. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that every white person wants to act on their racist tendencies or anything like that. It's a much deeper conversation than we actually have here. Um, but I do say that if a white person is on that jury, and of course, there's going to be more than one because um, the city of Minneapolis only has about 18 percent as African-Americans. So we know it's not going to be an all black jury. Right. They'll probably have a few of them on there. Um, but chances are it's going to be mostly white people. And so he has a really, really good chance of getting off because no matter, I mean, we've been showing white people uh, these types of senseless deaths for years um, and they still find some way to excuse and blame the victim. Yeah. You know, so that's Every that. Time. Like, <sighs> bruh, I need somebody to lift my spirits up. <laughs> how about, got something for me how, about because, some, uh, how about some angie i was gonna say one point one of the things i found really odd about you know why they waited so long to arrest uh this officer because he deserved to be arrested immediately and the same i don't understand how earlier was it this morning like a, a cnn news anchor got arrested like yeah yeah on live television i mean for doing nothing and then they let him like like so don't like i don't understand like like why did it take three or four days to arrest this man. <laughs> and then I got to watch on live CNN this morning, a man of color get arrested, Absolutely. doing nothing but standing somewhere and doing his job. Doing his right. job. Yeah. Crazy. I, I mean, like, and speaking of doing their jobs, I'd like to point out to, to the resident white person on our podcast right now, next time I read the show notes, because when I get ready to press the button, that I press the button <laughs> and it's supposed to go. Otherwise, I'm going to get upset, E. I need you to understand. Don't be using your privilege when listen, I'm trying to play the song. Listen, Adrian has severe. He just, he just, I was like, oh, I'm about to talk. He like, just mad because he know that this song ain't for him. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Angie, talk to play us. Angie. <laughs> He is my king, is my one, one. Yes, he's my father. Yes, he's my son. I can talk to Does he understand everything I go through and everything I am? He's my support system. I can't live without him. The best thing since sliced bread is his kiss, his hugs, his lips. His touch, and I just want the whole world to know about my black brother. I love you, and I'll never try to hurt you. I want you to know that I'm giving you forever to love Angie Stone, ladies and gentlemen. Angie Stone, boy. She doesn't get her credit. She just doesn't get the credit. So underrated. She really is. She really is. Gentlemen, so how does this, I mean, let's, let's be honest, let's be raw with the folks. How, how does this impact you? I mean, you know, I'll be completely raw uh, on this. I've, I don't think I'll cry today, but I cried a couple days ago. I cried a lot. I cried a ton. Me too. Um, um, and I actually posted a poem that I wrote in real time. And the world is crazy because I was coming back from grocery shopping. I had done a lot of crying on my way to get the car, on my way at the grocery store, at the grocery store when I got back. And when I parked the car, I was walking in the park and in the park, there used to be a statue 
Um, but all the Confederate statues were taken down. And there used to be a statue of, uh, of uh, Chief Justice Taney. And for those of you who don't know who Chief Justice Taney was, he was the Chief Justice in the Dred Scott case that said African-Americans weren't citizens in the United States, the Dred Scott case. And so I sat there in that park with that, in that bench where his statue used to be at, and I wrote out that poem about crime because that's all I could do was cry because that's just how emotional it was. Yeah. And it wasn't just for Mr. Floyd, and it just wasn't for all the other victims that have died um, to um, police violence or unarmed citizens. It's just the state of shock that I'm constantly in and dealing with this. But then the numbness that I feel because the next day I still had to get up and go to my desk and go to work. Like I still had to get up and go be black. And I I still had to go about my life as if yesterday was yesterday, even as emotional as I was and still had, and that's what was so disheartening about all of that. Did, did they, did they at work, did they acknowledge what was going on? Like, was it a part of the conversation or? They're people- not officially from an, an entire standpoint. I actually had sent the copy of the poem and some, some thoughts. And I was quite honest, I expressed my vulnerability in an email to my entire team. And I told them that I was not okay. Hmm. I was just not okay. And not for the lack of response from the, from the place that I work, but from just how I felt as a black man, black person living in America. That's like, I just wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. And because this stuff happens so often, we're supposed to be. And, and part of the thing, what I said in the email is, it's not that the, all this stuff was so upsetting and that the cities are on fire and that, it, you know, that Mr. Floyd died and that what happened to Mr. Cooper, it's the fact that you, in a couple of days, in a couple of weeks, a couple of months, you're gonna ask me if I'm okay and I'm supposed to say yes. Because if yeah. I say something else, yeah. then that's a problem. Then it becomes yeah. a mental problem. Then it becomes a whole other box of issues when in fact I could not be okay for a long, long time, not just because of Mr. Floyd, but just from the very first thing that I saw when I realized that my skin tone dictates how I'm going to be treated by a large swath of society. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one thing to, you know, when you were young and you knew you didn't have insurance on the car you were driving and you would be scared to get pulled over or you didn't have a license, or your license wasn't valid, and you was always scared to get pulled over. Jesus. <laughs> it's, uh, it, <laughs> right. It's one of those things where now it's like, damn, I, I know I got a valid license. I know I got valid insurance. I still don't want to get fucking pulled over. Yep. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't want to go through the, the, um, feeling of, all right, well, where's my license? Where's my registration? Where are my hands? Right. And then have to experience that with my kids in the car. Mm. Yeah, that that is the, the, the degradation or the humanizing of being put over by the cops and knowing that you don't you can't talk like you would normally talk. And if they say something off the wall, you have to be careful how you respond yeah. because it could turn bad. Uh, I'd be very interested for E to kind of share because this also touched me, e, not just because I know you and I love you, but mm-hmm. the day after a. Uh, uh, or the day happened with when uh, Aubrey um, was killed down in Georgia, and you made a post um, about uh, your ability to walk through construction zones. And I just want to know, I know that we're talking about what it's like, how we're feeling as a black man, but I'd also like you to talk about your privilege too, uh, because you're also very open and honest about what you can and what you cannot get away with. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, I think from my perspective, I, I first want to just preface it with, uh, Ma went to cry. I just wanted to say. <laughs> <laughs> you need to cry somewhere. <laughs> uh, I, 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 in no way, I don't, I can't say it affects me even on the same plane as it affects people of color. First of all, I just want to say that because it doesn't at all. Um, uh, but what I can say is that 
in these situations, what it does is it does help me recognize my privilege more. Um, just like that day. That's why I went, I was thinking, you know, cause this guy basically got shot for walking around in a neighborhood going through construction sites. Um, I live in a neighborhood that's currently being built, uh, like middle upper class neighborhood. And I walk through construction zone houses all the time. <laughs> I mean, like I have seen the inside of every one of my neighbor's houses. Sorry. <laughs> when house was being built, I went and walked and looked in it. I never once in my life ever, not even thought about getting arrested, let alone getting shot for having to do that. Um, so that's why I made that post that day because I was just thinking like, this is some, somebody got shot for something that I do on a daily basis and it didn't even have to think twice about it. Um, and yeah. I just was trying to do that to help explain to some of my white friends, you know, like this is what privilege means. Cause so time, so much times it gets wrapped up into that conversation of privilege means that I didn't try hard. Doesn't mean that I didn't have to go through struggles. It doesn't mean any of that. It just means that none of those were because you of your skin color. That's all like, that's what I try to explain to them through that. And this, to me, this was a very clear example. And this happens every time, even with police. I'm pretty disrespectful when I get pulled over. I'm not the hugest fan for most police officers. But you know what? I am disrespectful because, quite honestly, I really had to fear of being shot by a police officer. Yeah. Uh, I've had a gun pulled on me once by a police officer, but even in that situation, I didn't think he was going to shoot me. I was a white mm. kid. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just going to be honest. That's the way I've never had to think of it in those terms. So, um, yeah. Like I said, anytime these things happen, I think, you know, how white, maybe I shouldn't take it on how I feel, but tell white people how they should feel is you should use these instances instead of trying to, to dive in and, and um, you know, criticize on and try to, you know, give a voice to something that you can't understand. Why don't you just take it as a self-reflection and go, hey, like, how, how is this different for me? That's what I ask all my white friends to ask. Like, how would this situation have been different if I was in it? Mm-hmm. That helps, that helps pulling back those layers to show you what privilege really means. Yeah. So yeah. before uh, Jamal, I know uh, Mike wants to uh, play a comp- say some couple things before we play our next song, but I wanted to insert this really quick because uh, it literally encapsulates everything that I felt. Um, the f- I've heard this song many, many times before, um, but what's different about what I'm going to play is um, Springsteen, everyone knows, is my favorite artist, and he came out with a song called 41 Shots, and it was about a young uh, West African immigrant um, who was killed in New York. He was shot at 41 times. I believe he was hit 19 times, right. and Netflix actually did a show called Trial by, Trial by Media, and his, his case is actually one of the folks of the case. Um, so often, uh, and this was brought to my attention the other day, we focus on the ending of the life when a person passes away. And so what I did is I went and found a couple clips of his mom actually talking about her son in a positive light. And so I'm going to play 41 Shots um, because it's one of my favorite songs. I can tell you I've heard it when the first time I heard it live in person when I was in the arena, I was sobbing. Like I was just completely sobbing. And so you're going to hear Springsteen's voice. He's singing the song. And then you're going to hear the news story as as it happened then in real time of what happened to uh, Amadou. And then you're going to hear his mom in. And then uh, I'll get uh, Michael and Jamal's comments. And then we'll go to our next song. Is it You can get killed just for living. 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 You can 
kill just for living. You're American skills. We begin this morning in the Bronx, and there are tough questions for New York City police. Officers shoot and kill an unarmed man, and they took 41 bullets to do it. 41 gunshots at an unarmed West African immigrant. Police had shot 41 times. It was a hail of police gunfire, dozens of shots. 41 bullets at an unarmed man. 41 bullets, 41 shots, 41 rounds struck him over and over again. I used to tell people when I speak about my child, I always say we grew up together because I had him when I was a child myself. And I had this child at the age of 16. Amadou, my firstborn. And then he told me, I want to go to the U.S. because I want to have a computer degree. When I applied for him, I took the passport out and I said, look. And he was like, big smile. He said, wow, so I'm going to America. I said, yes, you got the visa. And he said, okay, mom, thank you so much. I'll make you proud. Uh, Springsteen wrote that song specifically for that incident, uh, New York. Um, and I remember his mom uh, flying over from uh, West Africa and talking about her son in such this positive light because, again, the media and what all that means. Um, and the lyrics in the song about him reaching for his wallet is because he, he was actually in a vestibule, vestibule and he was stuck. So he, he literally had nowhere to go. And he had all these officers firing at him in the doorway. Um, and then how the media portrayed him was he up to something and literally he had done nothing wrong. Like he came to this country on a visa to get a computer degree to eventually go back to his home country. Uh, and his mom had to come over here uh, and, uh, you know, see him in a body bag. So yeah. just wanted to, uh, that song always gets me because it encapsulates like just, you can't do anything right in some cases and you still, I mean, you can do everything right. Excuse me. You can do everything right and still end up shot. Yeah. yeah. Those four officers were charged, but not convicted. And two of them are firefighters today, and two of them are working for the NYPD again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah pretty sad. And so that, that's why we feel that this guy has a good chance of, of being yeah. on this case. Right. Yeah. I mean, think about it. How many cops um, who have been in these situations have gotten off? More than, yeah. more than we can count. Yeah. yeah. More, than, more than what we can count. Yeah. It, you know, I... I mean, it's too much. It is. It, it's, it's, it's too much. And I made a post on a Tuesday to say that as a black man, I'm not okay. Yeah. No. It makes me think of how, how, how many people come to this country in search of, of milk and honey. And we're not first in a lot of things. We're not first in education. We're not first in opportunity. 
um, you know, we think we are, but we're not. Yeah, it's a great country, but we're not first in anything. And we are, we, we are first in uh, the number of adults who are incarcerated. Yeah. We're first in the number of people who believe in angels. And we're first in military spending. Yes. You spend more yeah. than the next 25 combined. countries combined. All right, yeah. And 24 of those countries are actually our allies. Um, but it, it like, you know, Tim, I know that a lot of people are, because of social media, are just becoming aware of these types of things. Um, you know, probably for most people, Trayvon Martin got a lot of publicity and people, you know, after that. Um, but it was way before that that mm-hmm. I became aware of these types of things. And mm-hmm. uh, it's just, I mean, it's, it's just too much. It's like, I, I literally honestly feel that I have PTSD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't even feel it. I know it. In, in addition, yeah. like I, in addition to growing up in the system, uh, uh, and I didn't believe it until post, and you start doing a lot of reading that false youth are three times more likely to suffer PTSD than people who serve in the military. You add on top of that being black in America. And I don't say that lightly because it's very easy for us to be the angry black man. And when you start talking about how angry we are and how angry we can get, we are often chastised for feeling the way that we feel simply because of the world that we live in. And that's why that song is so emotional to me because he did everything right. He mm-hmm. did everything right. Like any other case, you could always have folks who could say, well, he did, there was a suspect or he, he allegedly, he did this. He had a fake pass. He had a fake, I mean, he had a fake gun. He had a fake $20 bill, whatever. This individual had nothing on him. He was coming home from work, I believe. He had nothing on him but his wallet. And there were 19 bullets put in his chest. Yeah. Those are the ones that hit. Like, those aren't even the ones that missed. Those <laughs> that them motherfuckers couldn't even shoot. Because <laughs> it wasn't like he was, it wasn't even a moving target. Like, for real, he was just standing there. And like, you motherfuckers can't even shoot. Yeah. yeah. You know, you know, when I get in the car, my wallet goes right on my console. It used to be in my pocket. I used to keep my wallet in my pocket when I drove. I never keep my wallet in my pocket. I got too much money in it. It's heavy. <laughs> and your family knows that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a deflection. I'm, I'm trying to. That's <laughs> how I make a joke. Oh my gosh. Oh. Um, that, and but that's the thing of, and how do we have that's literally how we have to keep this up because we're expected no. to go to work next day we're expected to go back to being husbands mm-hmm. and fathers and co-workers and colleagues and friends and being happy-go-lucky and joker like we're expected to do all those things and to continue riding the ship and also dealing with all the other oppressive things about what it means to be a black man and the yeah. expands in the narratives and make funny posts on social media make funny posts on social media like you're supposed yeah. to go back to being okay like yes we get it adrian that happened yesterday good mm-hmm. all Right, let's next move on. Down, let's move on. Yeah. You know, I always get pissed when I hear somebody say slavery was too over two hundred uh, four hundred years ago. Get over it. I, I like yeah. every time I hear that, it pisses me off. It does for me yeah. too, because you were one of those that were in the house. We were in the ones in the yep. exactly. Mm. Again, I'm like you don't to, even mind if we go. I'm back close to, to saying <laughs> your mama didn't love you. <laughs> you okay with going back because you get to be in the house. And me and Adrian got to be. Uh, yeah, we got to be in the hot sun. And I don't sweat. Actually, I'm going. Listen, actually, y'all, I'm, y'all, to Fran- I'm moving to France because I got good hair. So 
They really? Hey, hey, here, we go. Here, here we go with this uh, French citizen <laughs> shit again. Hey, in, in regards to like how y'all were talking about, you know, like, you know, having to worry about like how you express your emotions um, as a white man. And this, you know, when things like this happen, I was sharing y'all within chat. And it's just something else I just kind of wanted to share with, you know, any of my white friends is that, you know, sometimes letting go of emotion is a way to heal yourself for mental health, right? Like sometimes I get mad and I just get to release it because that helps me heal from it. That was another time where I got to check my privilege and realize that, man, like as a black man, like you don't get to do that all the time. No. And you have to hold that in. And then like Adrian said, you still got to go back to work and be a father and be, a, you know, to be and be a husband, uh, you know, and that's not anything I've ever had. And I've dealt with mental health in my life. But, you know, when I've had an emotion, one thing I've never had to do was worry about holding it back. Yeah. Um, so that was just something really enlightening to me to think about, like, man, because when you start putting that all on top of each other, you can really see how that oppresses i mean like you just start piling it's layers upon layers upon layers of privileges that we have right um that i mean in, until you really start really thinking about those things like that and if you get yourself into a mind frame where you can think about that it really does help you understand it more and yeah. sure. I an idea about that like i literally like the couple weeks ago i was home to and i was angry and frustrated about a whole bunch of stuff that was going on so the family and i uh, and i literally decided it's on a whim bought a whole bunch of watermelons and a couple baseball bats and went to the state park and started smashing watermelons just for the fun of it. And it was brought to my attention. Like you didn't see the white lady say, like, give this look like here you are with this black family smashing watermelons. Like you're not supposed to be able to do that because I'm, I still think as though, even though I'm conscious that I'm a black man in America, I still, still try to go out there and push down. Well, like I'm still going to do what I want to do because I still have the right to do X, Y, and Z. Um, and it's, it's just a, like, that's like, where am I supposed to release my anger? When I get upset, I can't yell and curse and scream because I'm an angry black man. And that has a, that literally has an impact on my livelihood, whether I could live or die, be jailed, be fired, be whatever. Um, and so a lot of times you got to suppress it and just like, keep it in. Well, and then that, that goes to the, the, the point of therapy, you know, Edgar, you said it's look in the white community, therapy is like something you do every day or you know it's, it's not frowned upon you know to go to therapy but in in the black community more so now it's i think we're getting over that hump but not it, really you don't think so no not really i mean there's a sec so? there's a segment that is more um prone to it but i i think at large it's still pretty frowned upon i think from but go ahead go ahead with no well my point is well and you that's my point too um in the in the black community, therapy, even though there are a lot of celebrities bringing light to it, right. it's still frowned upon as if you don't go tell your family's business to somebody else. Right. Yeah. Like you don't, you just don't do that. You don't tell, you know, you keep what's happening at, at home at home, which is the problem. Mm -hmm. but yeah. As a black man, it's like, who do you talk to? Right. You got your homies, you got your real close friends, mm -hmm. um, but they're not licensed therapists. Mm -hmm. Mike is, but he's yeah. a terrible therapist. <laughs> Mike, is a ter Mike is a, <laughs> Mike is a terrible therapist. Y'all just don't listen. Mike is a terrible therapist. Your life would be much better if y'all listened. Well, uh, well, here's, well, here's a little little side note. Mike actually was one of my therapists when I was a kid. And uh, and look how you turned out. Look how it turned out. I'm all fucked up. Look at you. You live, you live on Facebook. I'm now. all fucked up. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it had but I, to do I did. with me. You was fucked up before you got, before I got you. So, hey, man. Lost I, case. I, I mean, yeah, that's what happened when you enter foster care at 13. I'm just saying. Uh, 
so let, let me let me try to get out why I, you know what I wanted to say about how how hard this is. One, I've been um, experiencing it for um, well over, been aware, acutely aware of it for 25, 30 years. Um, and so while some people are just in the last five years or so, and you know they're only paying attention to the big news stuff, I've been acutely aware of this stuff. Uh, and have been dealing with it and holding it and processing it for over 25, almost 30 years now. Um, in addition to having actual experiences with the police, I was pulled over when my daughter was in high school. Um, she was at, they took a gymnastics class, which was over by near Peachtree City, kind of the south, you know, south of the airport in Atlanta. Um, and it was, you know, kind of a little hick town that the little, that, that, that it was through and that the police pulled me over. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I wasn't speeding. I hadn't run a, a, a light or anything. Um, and when I asked why I was pulled over, you know, they said that I fit the description or my car fits the description. I was yep. driving a Lexus, which is, um, the car that I've been driving for, I don't know, 20 plus years now. And you know, they asked for my stuff and I knew that, you know, my license was clean, everything, insurance and stuff like that. Um, and they asked if they could kind of search the car. And they said that, you know, there was something that happened with a car that looks like mine. And I didn't believe them. I honestly didn't believe them. Um, and I said, no, you can't check anything, you know, number one, because when you check, I'm not there and you can plant stuff. Black people yep. just don't trust the police. I will never trust the police. I, I don't, I mean, I hope that I can in my lifetime, but at, at this point in my entire life, because of all the foul shit that they've done, I've never trusted the police. And I can't see myself starting to trust them, you know, particularly in 2020 when just on Monday, you know, they killed an innocent, another innocent, yet another innocent man. And so I said, no, you can't do that. I know my rights, you know, you have to have a warrant, I, it, even though there wasn't anything in there. Well, I knew my rights because I listened to Jay-Z. If you listen to Jay-Z 99 problems, you would know too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But since you, that's right. <laughs> and Adrian but, doesn't listen to Jay Z, right? Since you listen to, out of the four of us, that does not. Since you listen to Bruce, you don't know. You would have let him check your shit. I listen right. to Jay Z. I just don't listen to him as as astutely as y'all do. I listen to Jay Z every time I'm in New York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you probably listen to the one song that him and uh, right Empire State of Mind. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. See, see. <laughs> Um, it's predictable <laughs> but anyway yeah so i told him that you know my 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 uh girl left compartment was locked so it was the trunk in the back <laughs> i know my rights so you're gonna need a warrant for, for that he was like aren't you sharp, sharp as a tack you some type of law or something <laughs> somebody <laughs> important or something, something. <laughs> appreciate everyone joining us today. <laughs> the guy ain't passed the bar but i but know, I know a, little a little bit, bit enough that you won't legally, legally search my shit, shit. I'm just gonna and say for the record, we started, we're losing viewers because of Michael. I'm looking. Oh, shut up. <laughs> oh my god. Anyway, uh, uh, to the voting part of the podcast, they're just like tuning out. <laughs> so, but but let, let me say this, you know, uh, and I called somebody, had them on, you know, uh, speakerphone, um, you know, at at the time, you know, you know, doing the entire conversation, and then I'm 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 also petty. I I can be petty. You are very petty, people. sir. <laughs> you know, and, you know, he was talking to me and, and, you know, stuff like that. And I was just, I was I, within my legal rights. I was refusing to do what he was asking me to do that. I knew that I didn't actually have to do. Um, and it was all based on the premise that you stopped me for no fucking reason. You know, yeah. and one of the things I said to him was like, look, I make more money than you and the captain of your, you know, so 
<laughs> we can get it. We can we can play it that way. We can get Adrian. lawyers. What, what you want to do? Did he pull his privilege? Did he pull his privilege out? He, he did. did. I didn't. He did. I didn't have no privilege. But the thing <laughs> is, is that. But this is the crazy thing: is that he didn't care that I have a master's degree. He doesn't care that I have traveled all over this world speaking. Um, you know that what I do for a living. He didn't care that I made probably three or four times as much as his salary was, and probably twice the, of his cabin. Like it, it still didn't matter. I was a black man, and he still yeah. treated me like I was less than a human being. Um, I did call the police department after you know he detained or had me held there for about probably thirty or forty minutes. I was late picking up my daughter, um, and I did call the police department to ask, you know, was there a report of a you know, and I told them the make and model and year and color of my Lexus of being involved in the crime. They told me no, there hadn't wow. been. Wow. And so when white people or any, or black people, when they wonder why I don't trust the police, it's because of shit like this. It's not just shit that I see on TV, real shit has actually right. happened. And so like, I feel like TI, um, I feel like I'm in a war zone. Can we play that? Take this right. is this is your birthday, Adrian. This is your favorite rapper, T.I. T.I. is my favorite rapper. And this is one of my favorite songs of his. I will say you've been called Petty Pendergrass and Petty.com <laughs> in the comments. Yes, I am. Like all of us did, and now they got sick. And 
did it. The $10 jig tank got shit. Diluted all of the artistry. Pardon me, somebody tell me what happened to Alta Sterling. Kill Philando right in front of the girl in the world. So everybody reaction with hell now. Them all of slavery, the prison probably traded in the cheese up. The Constitution and Emancipation Proclamation just a fucking piece of paper. See, we Guess you don't know the way you're living in it. Like, yeah, we can miss a man down. Ain't got no pity for the others. It's my favorite part. If you white folks want to be treated the way blacks are in this society, stand. Nobody's standing here. That says very plainly that you know what's happening. You know you don't want it for you. I want to know why you're so willing to accept it or to allow it to happen for others. Preach. That shit is so profound. That, that, that song, I think, was from 2016, his Us Versus Them album, which, yeah. in my opinion, was the second best next to Paper Trail. Um, Cause I like when he when he talk real shit like that, but yeah. but wasn't yeah. that that was at the Ferguson though, wasn't it? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. That, 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 yeah. Mike Brown, Mike Brown. All right, Jenna, we have to kind of start wrapping up. People still want to hear about our, our big news, and we we ain't even got to that. So we we've been talking for ninety minutes. <sighs> All right, solu solutions, real quick, and then let's let's move on. Solutions. Yeah, I, I don't. <clears throat> I don't think there can be any um and this is just my personal opinion uh we can do everything right and there's still going to be a target on our back um we can teach our our children to be respectful we can teach uh, we can show not necessarily teach but we can show our children how to be respectful and it's still going to be something that happens that unravels and undoes does everything that we teach. Yeah. I think that AE made a good point uh, earlier about that it is not incumbent upon us to try to change the system. And I think that for so long we have, because it continues to happen to us, it is incumbent upon uh, white people or those in power to change the system. I will say what is our responsibility, and I will always be a firm, firm, firm believer in this. Voting matters. It really does. Voting is essential to how you begin to make some of these systematic changes. You have to get out there and vote. Now, I know that there may be some naysayers out there who talk about my vote doesn't count and well, blah, blah, blah. And so there is three out of evidence. four of us vote. <laughs> three out of four of us vote. Yes. Continue, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're watching the podcast, please, please jump in the thread right now and tell Michael to start voting because he hasn't voted since. I didn't say names. <laughs> I mean, I was going to call him out on this shit. <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> yep. Y'all motherfuckers have been voting and it still happened on Monday. Yeah. Mic drop. But you know what? You know what? And, and not, and Adrian's going to disagree. Adrian's going to disagree with me on this. Uh oh. And I say this because I'm going to disagree because I agree with what? Well, nope. Because I'm going to come for his position. It's not the president. It's not as much as the presidential election as much as it is the congressional elections. Yeah. No, 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 no. I don't even. Truth be told, I don't care about those. I, I, let me rephrase. I care for the people out there. Vote for me one day. <laughs> Local elections are more important oftentimes than federal elections. That is true. Local officials and state officials have more say over your basic human welfare in general. Every welfare. day. 
everyday exactly. living from your police and fire, police mm-hmm. and fire emergency services, yep. those are local and state officials, to who picks up your trash, who, who plows your roads, um, your education system, local school districts, school boards are yeah. hugely important elections when it comes to edu- who educates your children and what your children are being educated on. Like those things, those are huge. And that, that comes by voting, 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 voting. Yes. Don't get me started on that. That's a whole nother episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's a whole nother episode. I can, I'll, I'll sum it up as quickly as I can and probably make white people that uh, are watching and maybe some of them might not like me. Piss them off. Piss them off. I think, like I said, I think the onus is on white people to fix racism. If it can ever be fixed, it has to be done because uh, how could white people fix racism when they're not the ones being racist? I think it's really simple. And the quick, the quick solution is, is how to end racism is uh, all you white people have to stop being racist. And when I say that, <laughs> I mean it as in even people like myself who considers themselves woke has to constantly check the racism that you have. And that just means you grew up in a system of racism. We have a racist system. We, have, we were taught racist things in school. So you have to be open to that and constantly be willing to say, yes, I was being a little racist there, or a lot racist, and even in some cases, and then make a change. That's 100% the only way it'll ever happen. So for the record, did he just admit that Michael and Jamal let a racist into our podcast to talk about stuff? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> controversial views on that. So, Damn uh, it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I completely agree. It's impossible to be a white person and to not participate in racism at times, but that's just my opinion and a topic for another day. But, uh, and I believe it because of the system that we're um, involved, yeah. like, because we're a part of a racist system is why. Yeah, we definitely agree. E. Uh, tell them about the resources that, that you had sent us. Uh, we want to kind of post those uh, somewhere I'll, so people can have access to them as well. Them, I'll, I'll, I'll put them on the Daily Jams page, but I found a really cool, um, I think actually the guy I took it from is watching. So Nathan, if you're still watching here, Nathan Wilsey, you're in here watching. So he shared it from his page. It's mm. cool. Someone started out. together a Dropbox in Google or Google Docs, I can't remember if it's Dropbox or Google Docs, but a list of resources for uh, white people on what they can do to affect change in racism. So, Shout out to you- Nate Wilson, the whitest name ever. Nate Wilson. <laughs> Shout out to you, yes. You get a lot of those in Oklahoma. Nate Wilson. <laughs> it's all love, Nate. I appreciate you. It is. Really yeah. is. Thank you, Nate. Thank you. It is. Nathan was right. my first supervisor in child welfare. Shout out. Oh, okay. Wonderful. Yeah, when I worked, when I worked there. So. All right, so uh, we have an unpopular opinion. Uh, we're gonna finish with this, uh, and, and finish the, the, the topic with this, and then we will um, yeah. move on to our special announcement. Yes, because we have, we have people asking if our t-shirts come in women fit. Uh, I don't. No, I'm, they're all unisex. They're, yeah, they're all unisex. We unisex wanted to make sure, unfortunately. We wanted, yeah. yeah, and we wanted to make sure because it was universal, um, but please, yeah. um, uh, please support. We'll make that big announcement here, but thanks for at least already uh, supporting. So yes. we ready to move to- Yes, unpopular opinion. Go. Well, we well, well two songs that's going to be on our the problem. See, this is what I'm talking about. You don't read the show notes. The show notes are clear as day. In the show. Read the show notes. Play the songs. Huh? Dude, just not play the songs that was a fucking song. I did play the song. This is Adrian. This a change is going to come. Adrian. That's the song Dude. that was queued up. <laughs> It's my birthday. I do what I want. I'm pressing the button. The, the, the melodic sounds of Sam Cooke. Ever since, it's been a long, a long time coming, but I know a change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. 
can forget. The better song was Changes by J. Cole, but you know, um, be on our playlist. The Lord you know, when I, when I hear that song, and this goes to the unpopular opinion, when I hear that song, you remember in um, Ali with Will Smith when they found out Malcolm died mm-hmm. and they started, you know, disrupting businesses and breaking glasses and yeah. running all over the place, kind of, you know, upset that Malcolm died. Um, you know, what happened in, in Minneapolis and what happens literally every time a tragedy happens in Black America, we loot. Not we, but, you know, the looting happens. When writing happens, looting happens. So uh, do you disagree or agree that looting is okay? Now, there was a quote by uh, Solomon Giorgio that said, uh, black people oh, don't have say that. Don't say that if, if that's not your feeling. I'm gonna say no, that I, my feeling. I, I don't. I, I, I think it's uh, counterproductive, honestly. Okay. Um, okay. I think it's counterproductive because a lot of the businesses that ended up getting looted in our communities are ours. No, not most of them. There's there's not that many black businesses in America first. And so there are they are in the neighborhood. The businesses are in the neighborhood. Own community, but yeah. oftentimes they're not owned by black people. They're not discriminated. When people loot, they're not discriminated a bit, uh, about. Yeah, they're not. There are some signs that were posted in other towns, like in St. Paul, Paul, like in St. Paul. Yes, black owned. But I I remember specifically watching a video where uh, the African American gentleman uh, was livid that they had mm-hmm. torched, uh, not torched, but they had uh, destructed his property, his store, and ransacked everything. Look, I mean, I mean, <laughs> oh my God! But go back to Ferguson, really? Yeah. Like in in Ferguson, Missouri, almost every business that was hit in that community was black owned. I know that that's true. I need to look it up. I know. I don't know how many were black owned in Minnesota, but as of this morning, when I was reading the articles, it, uh, there were 170 businesses destroyed. Now, for the sake of argument in this discussion. Take out Walmart, take out Target. Target. That's two. So you're at 168. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so most of them were small businesses. Small yeah, businesses, right. black or white. That, that support the businesses. that support the community. That support the entire. No, 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 no. That that no. Let Let's be clear on what support is. They sell shit to the community, and then they don't actually reinvest in that community. Very seldom they do. The How do you know they don't reinvest in the community? Wait, wait. Providing oh, no, oh, y'all not about to do this. <laughs> providing services to the community is support. That's not support. You can get that shit any fucking where. You have I mean, to there's go stores to, everywhere. You have to yes, go to those. No. That's true. You may and have to go. And if you don't go, have a car, and, and oftentimes have- they oftentimes they overcharge. Particularly, his mic. I, wanna, I, I really want to call. I don't want to call out the races of these folks. I, you know, I should. But I mean, let's be honest. They do not reinvest in that community. They overcharge people for everything that they sell, and you know, goddamn well, that's true. Everybody does, though. Everybody, no, everybody, does, everybody does it. I understand. I understand why they have to oversell. I understand economics, and so I understand because they only have one store, they can't buy shit in bulk. So they have they buy stuff at a higher cost, right. and so they sell it, you know, at a higher cost for profit. And, and Walmart, Target, they can buy things in bulk. They can sell it for a lot cheaper, and, and you know, things like that. And so I understand that they're not in every single community, particularly Target, Target because you know only the bougie black people go to Target. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the point, well, uh, go ahead. Sorry, I'm like, no, no. I, so I was. I was just saying that, that, that I don't think that it, it's fair to assume 
and to actually say that they support the community. I think most of those actually rape and take from the community. Very seldom, they very seldomly hire kids from that community. They usually have their family that actually does it, so kids can't even get jobs. You know, there they don't reinvest. I, dis I disagree. I disagree completely. And that it don't matter. It does matter because it's my birthday. And I get what I want. Here's the thing: you have to define what text you thread. You have to define what you mean by support as well, though, because you're, I think that's where we're disagreeing because yes. your definition of support is very different from my definition of support. I agree. I will concede that a lot of these businesses may not invest back into the community, but to say that they don't support the community is actually a factually inaccurate statement. I hate blanket statements because if you provide, if you are providing a service to the community, that is support. And you can't sit there and say, well, they can go somewhere else and get it. Not everyone has the means of a Lexus and three or four times the salary of a cop. So right, so 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 it goes it, anywhere you cost, man. So paying taxes is not supporting the community. I made it exactly. So it's paying taxes not supporting the community. Government because most of those taxes do not go to the community. Like the community never get better. To me, supporting the community that means the community gets better. Yes, they sell a product. I would agree. If that's how you want to define support, then let's say they sell products to the community. But again, every last one of those products they can get somewhere else cheaper. Adrian, you're absolutely right. They may not have, some people may not have the access to get to a place in another community to actually do that. I understand that, you know, there's public transportation, you know, uh, people normally get around because whenever they don't sell in that community, they find a way to keep, you know, get to somewhere else to kind of get it. So I, I don't think, I, I think that we should define what we mean by support. So if you want to say they sell products to a community, absolutely, they do that. But they let's be honest, they, they sell them at a higher price. Products, they provide services too. They it's not just products that they sell though, Mike. It's not just services, products, products and services. Yes. And yes. services are important. Banking, food, all that stuff. Now, I get you about the, mm -hmm. the price hikes, but it's still providing services. Still. So Mike, still providing a service. So, so yes. Mike, but, I was but told, that's not supporting the community. The community doesn't get better as a result of them being there. The community is exactly the same, if not necessarily worse, in, in many of those communities. That's, I mean, let's, that's a different argument. And that's a different, that is, argument, different but podcast. But it's still the truth. It's not, it's, it, but that's not the truth it, we're talking about it here. It is because hey. if you're supporting something, it's getting better. Hey, Adrian, I heard and the white dude, but the white dude agrees with me. I can tell. Adrian, I heard telepathically. That, um, I heard that uh, <laughs> the, fake, the fake baby face Edmonds drives his Lexus straight to Walmart. <laughs> oh yeah, I definitely go to Walmart. I'm not a bougie black dude. I don't, and my Lexus is 12 years old. And <laughs> wow. I've never had a new car. So absolutely right. Mike them made me mad. Looting during a protest. Agree or disagree? <laughs> so, I disagree. I I agree. I think that I think that it serves a purpose. No, I don't think that it, it is going to get justice necessarily for, you know, whatever person was killed this week by um, the police. Um, but I do think that it actually served the purpose. I like to quote Solomon Giorgio. I don't know who he is, but I found this quote. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but he says that black people have every right to burn down this country that they built for free. And so, all right, all right, okay, all right. If the, if if that is the quote, you asses. That's the. I don't think. If that is the case, does that mean we're going to turn around and rebuild it for free too? Hell no. And, so we and, just taking back the, the shit that was ours. Whoa, 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 whoa! whoa. Burning something down. Wait, burning something down. How are you taking it back if you're burning it down? You're 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 destroying what you built, and if you and, if it's yours. And in the grand scheme of thing, what does that what does that accomplish? It gets attention. So I, I, I think you, this you, is this is two things. Attention. But now you got to rebuild the no. community. We've been getting no. attention to Boston. No, we Street don't party. have to rebuild. Now they have to pay us to, to build it. Now to rebuild who, it, they didn't pay us at pay first. Us? The country. 
whoever whoever is building that shit ain't nobody building shit for free now they we built this country through slavery for free mm -hmm. they didn't pay a shit so um so the entire infrastructure was really kind of created on the backs of slaves but th True. the point that i'm making as far as why i agree with looting that i think it's okay i mean i don't want to say that i agree with it i don't think that it's it's necessarily productive in getting an outcome or a positive outcome with the exception of it can get people's attention and it makes people it makes white americans because white people respond to money and it makes them so whenever you're fucking with their money they are more likely to respond and say, wait a minute let's look at this and i can say i mean i, I think that we can look at you know what whether every march and, and first first two things one is that every black person don't loot there's a small out of the people who are marching there's a small fraction of the group who actually does that which includes white people True. And you never see that on TV, but there are several white people who were in Target taking just as much shit as black people were taking, <laughs> probably more um, white people. But, you know, so that that one thing isn't, you know, really kind of, but I think it also when people... Carrying Lucy, carrying two lamps in her hand on, on the way out. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, it's frustrating when people talk about the looting, because um, to me, it's nothing more than a reaction to the shit yeah. that's actually already going on. Mm -hmm. And so if you wouldn't have done the foul shit, then I wouldn't have had to react. And so instead of instead of criminalizing the reaction that I have to some unjust shit, how come we don't criminalize the system as much as or more than the thing that fucking caused the reaction? So to me, looting is nothing more than a reaction. And, and the pro it's not the problem. The problem is, is that you motherfuckers keep killing innocent black people and not doing shit and, and nothing happens as a result. And so people and so get frustrated. If that, if that is, Even Martin Luther King said that. Thank you. Fine. If that is your In the words argument, of Nicolia, thank you. Interrupt me again. I will put you dead in your face. How's that for reaction? Now, Bring it on. First, let me give an honor to God. I, Lord, I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive me. Yeah, Adrian was Baptist because Baptist people fight. <laughs> so if that if that's the, if that's the premise of your argument, then could one argue that looting hasn't accomplished something either? Because if we loot and riot or pillage or whatever term you want to use for the small fragment that does, and let mm -hmm. me be clear, the larger protest against what happened, Mr. Floyd, I believe is a story here. And I also like to give a shout out to all the community-based organizations who have yeah. set up fund and are passing out supplies to those yes. uh, frontline protesters. Yes. So let me be clear about that. I, and, including, let me say this, including yeah. uh, the God is Dope, which is a yes. locally owned store here in Atlanta. Yep. Yesterday had God is Dope shirts for sale with I Can't Breathe in it. I saw that. Those and 100% of the proceeds to that shirt that they sold yesterday um, is going to uh, the, family. the family, uh, George Floyd's family, and I bought four of the shirts. And so, so just a quick, uh, quick question: and if, uh, is if since that's your argument, does that mean could I make the argument that we have to move on? Writing, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm the one that controls the soundboard. Does <laughs> has looting and rioting accomplished anything? No. Uh, yes, I think it brought. I, 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 I think just like the whole concept of support. I think that depends on what you say it accomplished. You know, did it, does it accomplish justice for whoever? No, it does not. But I, does, I do think that it, it gives enough attention and it wakes white people up. So I, I think that it has a purpose. Plus, white people 
were the main ones who started looting and pillaging villages and cultures and people and shit like that. So when people blame this and act like this is some shit that we started, it's frustrating because white people started that shit, you know? Black Wall Street, what the fuck do you think that was? I I, I actually don't disagree with that part of it. No, I don't disagree either. He's better better be lucky I'm actually... So so it's okay when they do it, but not okay when we do it. That's the truth because groups of white people do loot. I was telling y'all yesterday, after every time... And it's weird. White people loot after they win a game yes yes on college campuses people loot and i say when you see that on tv it is not shown in the same light ever it's on espn they're not called thugs like celebrating but they're burning cop cars busting windows of local businesses it's not even looked at on the same plane you also really never even see tear gas or anything like that in those situations a lot of the time regardless it's counterproductive it's counterproductive and for those people that want to be opportunistic which they are uh-oh. Oh, this is a chance for me to get a 65-inch TV. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. We never got our 40 acres in a mule. They should. And we ain't never going to get it. What, them, let them get their 65-inch TV. <laughs> <laughs> we could talk about <laughs> let's, play, let's play J. Cole changes as we transition. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, we'd like shit. to tell you our big announcement. We're so sorry that it took us this long. Thank you all for hanging in there with us. Thank you. Listen to this. We'll be right back. <laughs> I, wait, I didn't even have it. Y'all supposed to keep talking. What? I, Show notes. Yeah, I'm looking at the show notes, and that definitely went on the show notes. So now I got to get ready. But I will say that um, I will give a shout out to Leslie Woodson, who said uh, some were, but most weren't. I'm from St. Louis. Um, Most weren't. Thank you, Leslie. And then uh, Celeste Pickett said, when you loot your own, you have to destroy your own community. You have destroyed your own community. Look at Detroit in the 60s and Dayton in the 60s. On, but if, if we just loot like we did on um, on on a barbershop um, after uh, Dr. King was murdered, um, Cedric the Entertainer made sure that they knew that it was a black-owned barbershop, and so they didn't throw that. But not everybody does that. <laughs> not everybody does it. I'm I'm no no, we're not no. You're not doing it. because of time we're going to cut that short but like i said we're going to post the entire playlist up there i do want to get to our big announcement and i'm going to do a screen share so y'all can see it the big announcement is this first uh, Ooh, first congratulations that? to all the graduates who graduated high school yeah absolutely congratulations uh we're calling this operation pomp and circumstance because that's actually the name of this song and i actually found that out uh when i was watching the west wing and it's not taps Mike. Show. and then, no it's not taps as mike always <laughs> says but so we came up with two t-shirt designs one for adults and one for youth. Uh, and we'd love for you to support um, the Daily Jam. All the proceeds were going towards uh, getting uh, graduation gifts for foster youth. And so we came up with two designs. You can go to the links. We're going to post the links later. We're going to post the pictures later. But I did want to share my screen so you could see the uh, T-shirt designs that we came up with. And then, fellas, let me know if, if you can see it. Yes, we, yes, yes, we can. Yes. In the words of Barack Obama, yes, yes we can. We can. <laughs> So this is our youth shirt. It's called Operation uh, Pomp and Circumstance. We're going to send the links, like I said, but you'll see all about the uh, campaign here and what Daily Jam is doing, what this is all about. Um, This is a T-shirt design. COVID is temporary. This diploma is forever. We thought this would be a great, great shirt 
um, for youth who uh, graduated high school. And you don't have to be in foster care to get this shirt. We, this shirt is available. We wanted to make sure the design was universal, but the cause is very specific because it's near and dear to our heart. So this is the youth design, COVID is temporary. And then this one is the adult, which is the pandemic checklist. We put on there essential parent because those young people couldn't get to high school graduation without your love and support and probably your uh, stern, money. stern, <laughs> and money. Uh, Zoom, like we're on right now, versus battles, not like the Teddy Riley babyface one, but like all the other ones. The good uh, ones, yeah. All the good ones, yeah. So the shirts are $23. Go purchase them. Buy one for yourself. Buy one for your young graduate. Buy both of them. Uh, support the Daily Jam. We are super, super excited about this campaign. We've been talking about this for weeks, and we're so happy that it's finally live. The biggest thing is we only have two weeks Yes, two weeks. We sell these shirts, as many as we can. So yeah. the more shirts you buy, the more gifts that we can get for uh, Foster mm -hmm. So please, 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 please. Help uh, us exceed. The, yeah. Help the us links, exceed our goal. The links, the links will be posted on all four of our pages, plus the Daily Jam page. Um, so you should be able to find it. Um, even if you can't afford to buy one at this particular time, we know that people are in, in different positions due to the pandemic. Uh, please share. Uh, this on your page so yep. that your followers can also see, encourage them to buy yep. one, two, however many shirts that they could um, use. Um, great. It'll be a great, you know, gift, not only for graduates, but, you know, just kind of like a little gift and fun shirt to wear. I know that Absolutely. particularly for that adult shirt, I'm going to probably get, a, you know, a few of them or three of them for, yeah. for myself because I'm <laughs> right. doing it all the time because I know that Netflix, I probably watched every single thing that was on Netflix. Carol Baskins did it. <laughs> she did it. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Joe Exotic convinced me. Oh, and I yes. think, Ed, Edgar, don't you know Joe Exotic like personally because you live like down the street from me? From me, you know. Yeah, that's what yeah. I thought. Right down the street. Yeah, yeah. He, he he would yell at me when I would uh you know be out on his lawn in Oklahoma. <laughs> and I then have, that park's still open. They've been going to visit. Like really, it's, and, like, half the people from that documentary still work there. It's crazy. I would love to go and get their autographs. They they probably got more business now because of that documentary than they oh, had. It's like 45 minutes from my house. I've never been. I should maybe go do some video. <laughs> I think you should. All right. All right. So make sure you're sub sub subscribed to our, our podcast. And thanks for hanging with us for like two hours. Like the, and Has I've it been, been that long? It's really yeah. been two hours. Ooh, too you, much. Told us, you told us it was going to be an hour, Adrian. You lied I, to us. It's my birthday. I do what I want. And with that said. <laughs> um, we want to thank everybody for joining us on our very first live of the Daily Jam. Who knows? Last. We, who knows if we do this again? Uh, this was actually pretty fun, fellas. Uh, but don't forget to check out the Daily Jam podcast on your favorite streaming Uh platforms but also like the daily jam page for all updates uh campaigns keep a lookout on when we will be in your city uh once this pandemic is lifted uh again from the daily jam we want to say thank you we love you and uh we'll catch you next time that was long-winded get out of here your mama